You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Hello, I'm Willie George, and I want to welcome you to this edition of the Faith Roots Podcast. And we're talking about the armor of God. And uh, I'm taking my text today from Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 17, uh, which is where we're told, take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. I remember in the 70s, uh, not long after I had become a believer, it was popular to have Bible covers. Everybody had a Bible cover and they would have a sword put on the Bible. And uh, sometimes the pastor would hold up the Bible and say, have you brought your sword tonight? And we did that for a while, but then we found out that this is not the sword uh, because the sword is something different. And, and I'll explain that. The sword is named Machaira, and I may, it's M-A-C-H-A-I-R-A, and that's Greek. And uh, it, it is a different kind of sword. The Romans had a number, but this became the go-to sword for the Roman legions. It was made for close quarters fighting. That is, jabs, short blows is how you would fight with this sword. It was razor sharp, and uh, but it was sharp on both sides. It also had on its end a hook, and this hook was for grabbing internal organs. And, and today you see this on some of the hunting knives that are made for skinning an animal. It has a little hook where you can uh, uh, skin the animal very easy. Uh, this hook was nasty, and this just the mere sight of this Roman weapon had to be a psychological advantage. It, it had to give uh, the soldiers an amazing psychological advantage. Uh, this scabbard that the sword was carried in was attached to the loin belt of truth. Now, the belt of truth is the written word of God. That, that's what it would be. It, it is the, the whole counsel of God. The word logos means the whole of the word of God, all that he has spoken. So the logos or the written word makes it possible for us to utilize the spoken word. The spoken word, above all, taking the shield of faith, which is the word of God, it's a different word. It is the word rhema. And uh, it is used here instead of logos. And rhema means spoken word. Now, the two edges of this sword symbolize that God speaks first, but the word does not become a sword until we speak it later. When we speak, then the word becomes a two-edged sword. It's not two-edged until we say it. So God says it first, we repeat what he has said, then it becomes a two-edged sword. So until you know to some extent the written word, you can never really use the rhema or the spoken word. Now, let me read this to you because it's very important. This is what Jesus said the Holy Spirit would do. But the helper or comforter, uh, the Holy Spirit, this is John 14, 26, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and he will bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Now, listen to what he says next. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. How does that peace come? 
It comes when he brings to your remembrance all things that Jesus said. And that's how our peace comes. Uh, you have to understand that it is by the word of God that you have peace. It's, peace is not just a feeling that you seek after. It is from the word of God. Peace comes from God's word. And so the Holy Spirit wants to bring to our minds these phrases, these simple phrases, not lengthy discourses. Uh, years ago, when my kids were little, we had a, an ice out. And uh, I don't know, we always ate chili and pop popcorn, did special things whenever we knew there wasn't going to be any school the next day. And the roads were all iced up. And so the kids were all excited. So I uh, got a leather belt and put it around my chest and uh, got down on the floor and we were going to play rodeo. Now, I grew up in a rodeo family, and my dad was a professional rodeo cowboy, so I had an uncle who would buck us, and we would put our hands in that belt and buck. Well, I did that with my kids, and, and my oldest son, who always been skinny, and I bucked him off, and he broke his arm, and I, I heard it snap, and I looked up, and it was bent from the elbow to the wrist. You could tell it was broken. And, oh, he was in pain, and I hated it, and, and now i got to get him to the hospital. And, uh, and we're in an ice storm. So I load him up and unfortunately, because his arm is broken, he can't put on a coat. So I've got to cover him in blankets and he's just crying. I feel like a heel. How could I have been so careless? What, why did I do that? And you know, I certainly didn't mean to, but it, it happened. So we're driving to the hospital and, and it's taking a little longer and I'm praying in the Holy Spirit. And while I'm praying, which over there whimpering, crying, and I hear these words, and I hear them over and over again. And I know it's the literal translation of Isaiah 53, 4, and 5. He carried our pain. Surely, if born our griefs, carried our sorrows. Carried our sorrows literally means in Hebrew, he carried our pains. And I kept hearing that phrase, he carried our pains, he carried our pains. Now, I wasn't doing anything with it. And uh, I was, and I don't know how long I went, three, four minutes of hearing that he carried our pains. It suddenly dawned on me, that's the Holy Spirit. He's trying to tell you, say that verse. And so I laid my hand on wit and I, I prayed and I said, Lord, I thank you because he carried our pains. You carried which pains. And Whit turned and looked at me and says, Dad, it stopped hurting. And so for the rest of the evening, no more pain. He, he was free of pain the rest of the night. And we took him in and they moved his arm all which ways and took pictures of it and all that. But uh, the pain was gone. He carried our pains. So the Holy Spirit brings to mind simple phrases, not lengthy discourses. When he uh, reminds you of what Christ has said, it's probably not going to be a whole chapter. It's going to be just a, a segment of a verse. And that's very typical of what he does. Now, you, you can understand this, that every word of God is filled with power. Luke one thirty seven, King James, the angel said to Mary, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. But the authorized standard version renders it like this, and it's a little more literal. For no word of God shall be void of power. Wow. No word of God will be void of power. Meaning that just a simple phrase, subject predicate, that's all it needed. He carried our pains. No word of God shall be void of power. That's what uh, the angel really said to Mary when he told her that she was going to have this baby. He came to give her the word of God. What did that do? It created power, and the power brought the Messiah into her womb. And that's how God does things. He does things creatively with his word. So if you want to change your circumstances, you need to speak the word of God. You can't just think it. You have to learn to say it. 
and that's when it becomes a sword. Now listen, when you think about this sword and how fierce it is, for the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, Hebrews 4.12 says. What this means is you begin to use this weapon that in ancient times, if an enemy saw it, he was petrified because the the, uh, barbarian tribes that the Romans fought against They had no weapon. They had no answer to that Roman short sword. If they got into close quarters combat, the Roman soldier had a distinct advantage. And it was because of that weapon. And so no wonder the scripture says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. These are real weapons. They may not seem like they're real weapons. They may seem like they're symbolic weapons, but they are real spiritual weapons. It might not be a physical weapon, but it is a real and and an effective spiritual weapon. And so when you speak the word of God, and when you've got on this helmet of salvation, shield of faith, breastplate of righteousness, loins girt about with truth, feet shod to the preparation of gospel peace, you've got all of that stuff on. It's called the armor of God. Uh, the devil doesn't know who he's fighting. He, he, he doesn't know who's in that suit because you're wearing God's armor. And, and so it's the armor of God. And so it doesn't say it's the armor of the believer. There's nowhere in the scripture that says it's the armor of the believer. It is on loan to us from God. We're wearing God's armor. Uh, Saul tried to give his armor to David. It didn't fit, didn't work. But when God gives us his armor, it does fit. It does work. It does work for us. And so we have what he has. Actually, what we're doing when we speak the word of God, pardon me, we are resisting the devil in exactly the same way that Jesus did. And that's why he resisted Satan with brief statements from the word of God. When he was tempted, listen to Matthew 4, 4. But he answered and said, man shall not live by bread alone, but he lives on every word that God utters. That's just a brief statement, but it worked. And so uh, another place, Jesus said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Very brief statement, but they work. You don't have to know the whole Bible. It's amazing how God will begin to use what scriptures you do know, bringing them back to you to resist the devil. So, Learn how to put that sword to work because it is a very effective part of your spiritual armor and you'll have great success with it. See you tomorrow. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.